Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. I'm your host, James Burney, a fintech and financial services partner at Gunner Cook. CryptoCast is the podcast series that delves into all things crypto, blockchain and DeFi with leading industry experts. In this episode, I am joined by Michael Hall, the CIO of Nickel Digital Asset Management. Nickel Digital Asset Management is an investment manager connecting traditional finance with digital assets markets by taking the institutional approach to digital assets. Hi, Michael. It's great to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I think that there's currently a wave of new crypto firms coming into the market. Um, what do you think are the kind of the trigger for this? I think there are various reasons for this. Firstly, to give some context, we're speaking in early December 2020, and we're seeing a run-up uh, rally in Bitcoin very close to 20,000, uh, potentially going through that in the next few days or weeks based on the massive momentum that we've seen. The market moves like this clearly attract attention from uh, all classes of investors. Secondly, the asset class is growing and it's maturing. And as it matures, it will start to resemble a traditional uh, hedge fund area, which has many funds that pursue many different strategies. Uh, we are starting see the growth of DeFi, and since we would expect to see lots of DeFi funds coming in to take advantage of the opportunities in that, in that new and rapidly growing market. And we ourselves at Nickel are seeing opportunities develop in the cryptocurrency market and uh, traders who need capital. And we are launching a fund ourselves, which we launched uh, yesterday, called the Digital Factors Fund, and that allocates capital to new managers who are starting off. It's a multi-strategy fund, and it's a very wide-ranging fund. So that, that complements the existing funds that we, we run. And beyond that, in yeah, the next year, I could see us launching funds that uh, trade assets that have been tokenized, or potentially different uh, types of arbitrage opportunities once we have a crypto lending and borrowing curve that goes out you know, beyond the current three months. So I think there are, it's a combination of the, the, the move in the market and the interest in the market. It's part of the maturity of the market itself. That, that's very interesting. I think one of the difficulties you have is given when you get so many new funds coming into uh, the market, trying to pick out which ones are likely to be more successful versus out, out of the pack as a whole. Are there certain things that you see as kind of core attributes as a successful crypto type fund? The, the most important thing, I think, in cryptocurrency funds is to have, have security of the assets. And that's both in custody and when they're on exchanges. It's no good telling an investor you can make them 30% a year if they end up losing all their assets because you haven't been storing the private keys correctly. So custody is important. So one needs a very good custodian. And the good news is, is now there are many custody solutions on the market which suits institutional funds. And then there's custody and security on the exchanges. When one moves assets to exchanges, the exchanges are effectively custodying the cryptocurrency. And so it's very important that the exchanges themselves have good 
policies and procedures in place to uh, prevent assets being stolen. We have seen from Mt. Gox through to Bitfinex through to Quadriga, many instances of exchanges losing money. So the most important thing for a manager to have is security of the assets. After that, one starts to look at, well, what is what does a manager have? And so it's looking at the manager's background, their experience trading, you know, what their edge is versus the other hedge funds that are out there in the space. And then lastly, I'd say that if a manager is serious about raising money and wants to raise institutional amounts of capital, and I'd say that's anything over you know, 30 million uh, sized funds, then they need to have an institutional structure. And by that, I mean, they need to have an administrator who's reputable. They need to have an auditor, preferably one of the big four. Uh, they need to have bank accounts with credible banks. Uh, and they need to trade on exchanges which are uh, regulated where possible exchanges, especially for the fiat on ramps. But those are the, the three areas I think that are most important for the attributes of a successful crypto fund. And it's, it's interesting, one of the things you mentioned is, is the size of an institutional crypto fund, which I think is, is less than more traditional hedge funds. And I think that's a, there's a broader point here, which is actually crypto funds tend to have less asset under management than other funds and types of funds uh, which, which exist. Is, is there a particular reason that you see that this happens? And are there practical impl implications then for fund managers in the space? Yes, there are. Firstly, a lot of managers uh, don't allocate. A lot of hedge funds, fund of fund managers don't allocate to the crypto sector. So there's just a lot less capital that's been uh, allocated to the sector. So that there's a lot less capital that's available to be invested in the sector. The current situation for crypto hedge funds is very similar to what it was for hedge funds back in the early 90s, when funds like Soros and Druckenmiller uh, with Duquesne, uh, George Soros were getting ready, Paul Tudor Jones. Those were all fun funds that launched in the late 80s, early 90s. And then pension funds and ins insurance companies wouldn't invest in hedge funds. Today, today they do. And similarly, what we see in the uh, uh, crypto space is that the early investors are family offices, and they were the first people who invested in hedge fund managers back in the 80s and 90s. So what we think will happen is a parallel to what happened in the hedge fund space, where as the space institution, the traditional managers, such as uh, traditional investors, such as insurance companies, understand more about the cryptocurrency market, then they will allocate more funds to the market. But it, this is a problem that we've seen, and this is what we're addressing with our digital factors. So the, one of the reasons why we started the Digital Factors Fund is we saw many managers who were undercapitalized. And they're very good managers. They found very good sources of non-correlated idiosyncratic returns, but they haven't been able to attract the capital that they should have given that their ability to make money. And so there are various reasons for this. One is that they can be in places uh, that aren't conducive. They don't have offices in Mayfair where a lot of the allocators are based. They might be based in France or uh, Hungary or Brazil. 
in remote locations. That's the first issue. The second issue is they don't know who they should pick up the phone and call. If they don't have a background of being in hedge funds or investment banks or buying brokerages and they don't understand who the investors are, then it's very difficult to know who they should call. So what we are setting up with the Digital Factors Fund is a, a, a multi-strategy that will allocate managers money to managers who have uh, a credible edge, but they don't necessarily have that institutional structure and the custody set up. And what we will give the managers is we will wrap the managers in an institutional infrastructure with an administrator, auditor, custodian, with a secure solution. And then we will risk manage those uh, managers on behalf of the investors. Therefore, so investors don't have to be you know, concerned about allocating to subscale managers who've got very high total expense ratios uh, and, and they're concerned about the risk. We are experts in cryptocurrency. We are experts in risk management uh, and we can do the, uh, the sourcing, the selection and the risk management on behalf of those investors. And that means we can raise capital to allocate to managers who aren't currently connected with the capital that they should have. That, that's really interesting because actually some of the first types of crypto funds that I saw being created were almost just ways of enabling people to hold uh, something like Bitcoin and Ethereum or to hold a group of altcoins. But are you seeing kind of more and more innovative types of um, strategies being coming in? And, and so do you think kind of you're getting more interesting fund um, ideas than say simply saying, I will hold Bitcoin because we believe Bitcoin will go up? Absolutely, that's very true. Uh, I think the days when one could charge performance fees for owning Bitcoin or Ethereum have gone uh, because investors now have alternatives. The managers that we're seeing coming through uh, our pipeline for the Digital Factors Fund are doing very innovative things. They could be trading uh, using artificial intelligence to identify when uh, intercoin uh, spreads off a bad ale could be doing standard things that happen in the regular industry, like trend follow or mean reversion. Uh, there are arbitrage funds, like the arbitrage fund that we run, there are market making funds. There are many different types of funds. And the beauty of crypto is the barriers to entry are very low. And so bright you know, mathematicians, coders, people who can develop an edge in the crypto market find it very easy to set up and get running. They don't need to phone up Morgan Stanley to get a prime brokerage account. They don't need to spend a fortune on Bloomberg terminals or buying data from the CME. They have direct market access on equal um, you know, terms as some of the you know, larger funds in the industry. So that means that they can come in. The issue that they have is how do they scale? And the idea behind the Digital Factors Fund is to help them scale up so they can manage you know, proper sums of money. And as we think you know, the market cap of the sector increases, which we think it will do, then those managers will be able to run significant sums of money, just as managers do in the uh, traditional 
hedge fund space. And I think what, one of the things that always fascinates me is given the nature of blockchain technology and the fact that it's seen as almost synonymous with innovation, not only can you kind of invest in it, but it might also have an impact on the way things work on the broader scale. Do you foresee any particular innovations for the fund sector in the near in the near future as a result of this technology? I think we're seeing innovation now in the DeFi space. So today, the DeFi space has the probably the highest level of innovation. Clearly, it has some teething problems as your auditing, especially cross-platform auditing, needs to improve. Uh, there have been some quite notable hacks, but this is part of the uh, maturation of the industry. Uh, so in, in, the, in, in the very short term, I would say that the, a lot of the innovation is coming from deep. But looking forward, you know, six months, a year further, into, I think that we're going to see more tokenized assets. And that's people taking um, assets that normally don't trade on a blockchain and trading them on a blockchain and potentially making them more liquid. And so while you have very liquid futures contracts in oil, and natural gas, there are other commodities, uh, like metals like palladium and, and uh, even nickel that don't trade on uh, large exchanges. And there's an opportunity to tokenize those. Going further down the spectrum of liquidity, you have private equity investments. And there's an opportunity for to tokenize illiquid real estate and make illiquid real estate more subdivisible and improve the transparency of pricing. And then there's finally something that we think that we should do, which is um, tokenize ourselves. So currently the investors who invest in our funds uh, fill out a long subscription form and they wire money to a US dollar bank account. There's no reason why that couldn't be done through a tokenized share class. We'd have to make sure that all the KYC was done properly uh, and all the other checks on the investors were made, but that's something that we should do. And we should really eat our own cooking in that respect, I think. So there's lots of innovation uh, coming and we are excited to be in the middle of it. It sounds like it's going to be really exciting. Um, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Michael. Um, if anyone wants to contact uh, Nickel, they've been contacted through their website, which is hccps.com.com nickel.digital. Uh, Michael, thanks again for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. James, thank you very much for having me on as well. It's been a real pleasure for me. Take care.